You're listening to the Building Stronger Agents podcast, where we interview the top solo agents, team leaders, and brokers across the country to see what makes them thrive in today's market and beyond. Welcome to today's episode of Building Stronger Agents. And today, uh, I'm thrilled to interview a friend of mine uh, who's actually in my marketplace, uh, Michael Henry. How are you doing, Michael? Doing great. How are you doing? Great, man. So Michael's been a realtor since 2014. Uh, he's got a team of about 12 currently, and he's grown that team. Uh, you've added people on, haven't you, lately? Yeah, yeah, we, we've grown year over year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year, they did uh, about 28 million. This year, on, they're on track to do about 35. So really solid uh, team. Michael's a really solid guy. And uh, I'd love to hear about you, Michael. What What got you in the business? You know, what what works for you? I really would like to start off. Like, how did you get in? You've been doing this for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely um, kind of a second career um, for me. I, I had real estate in mind uh, while I was in college at John Carroll here locally as well. Um, but I also, you know, my heart led me into a path of service. I, did, I joined the Peace Corps out of college oh, wow. and, and uh, spent two years, my first two years there in Haiti. And um, I thought I was kind of getting that whole, you know, nonprofit aspect out of my system, adventure out of my system. I was going to come back and work. I got mm-hmm. licensed as a loan officer um, two years later. I didn't know that. Was, that. Yeah. So I was a loan officer for just about a year. Uh, it was a weird time in that. I was, it was about 2006 to 2007. And um, a lot of, you know, weird loans were being written at that time. Um, wasn't loving what I was doing. I was missing, you know, the people I had met through my experience in Haiti and, uh, an opportunity came across my desk to go back to Haiti and work in supply chain in, um, you know, HIV AIDS, a medical supply chain in Haiti. And so I took that opportunity to go back, you know, um, be, you know, making money, but also helping people. And um, that ended up being about 15 years kind of in the nonprofit realm before um, I moved back to Northeast Ohio again. So um, worked for about three different nonprofits, lived in Haiti for a combined eight years, over 15 years, and um, got to travel a lot of the world and, and, and uh, do some cool things. I had a one foot in South Florida for about uh, seven years where my one organization cross international was, was, uh, headquartered. And what part so, of South Florida? Um, Pompano beach. So just outside of Fort Lauderdale, okay. bought my first, bought my first house there. Wish I still owned it. It'd be worth about three times what I sold it for. <laughs> yeah. Right. I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, we started, you know, my wife and I started having, having kids and it was time to settle down and, and come back up here and start the business in the, on the real estate side that I had always wanted to. Um, so my background at John Carroll was at economics. Uh, my parents suggested, Hey, don't jump in as a real estate agent. You know, it's, you, you know, maybe try the financial end first. And it was a good thing. I got to learn quite a bit about, you know, qualifications and, and um, making sure people can afford um a mortgage, learned that whole aspect of it. And that helps me today as we're, you know, working with buyers and trying to navigate through deals. So, so what, what actually got you in? I mean, that's a big jump. 
Well, it's a big jump and a small jump because being service oriented and caring about people and human beings and wanting to help them be better uh, also translate into real estate. But how did you make that jump? I mean, did you go you straight it. from being a loan officer? Um, is that what got you thinking about real estate sales? Yeah, I, 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 while I was at John Carroll, I was studying economics and I thought to myself, you know, we're studying supply and demand. And all I could think was, you know, what resource is more limited and more needed in the world than land? Everyone needs a place to live. You know, at this point, people aren't living on Mars or anywhere else yet. So there's <laughs> right. so much land on Earth. And I thought, you know, from an economics perspective, like, hey, and being in the business of real estate, owning real estate, selling real estate, um, that's going to be a long-term win. So it was always kind of on the back of my mind. And, um, you know, I actually had brainstormed other business ideas over the years. I, I'm always, you know, I'm entrepreneurial, so I'm always thinking about business ideas. Well, right. but it was always real estate was kind of on the back burner. And so that was kind of a natural um, transition for me when I moved back up here. So start you, got the your license. you got your yeah. license in 2014. Yep, that's right. And uh, did you uh, jump in full time? Did you have another job? I jumped in full time. I, I was working with a nonprofit. It was based <clears throat> that was based in Canton for about a year. I was kind of too chicken to just jump in 100% full time. So I took a job and I, I was I wasn't loving it. And um, I, I thought, you know what, I need to just, you know, rip the cord and dive in. And so I, I, I you know, I took my, my classes in person and we didn't have online options at that time. So right. I knocked that out in about a month. I was licensed and, you know, uh, was able to just go full time. So, so yeah. when in 2014, did you get your real estate license? It was licensed in November, November, the end of the year. So 15 was your first full year. Exactly. Everything in my tell mind, us, it was kind of gearing up for spring 2015, right? Yeah. So tell us how 15 looked for you. First year, brand new in the business. The housing crash was just behind us, but there was still a little scarring from that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it was busy. I'm fortunate to have grown up in this area. So I was able and high school, college, family, friends, I had a lot of relationship equity already. And um, so, I, you know, I was just kind of getting in, back in touch with everyone, staying in touch and checking in with people and it led to a lot of referral business so it was almost 100 percent referral in my first year and i did i think what 26 transactions in my first year in 2015 nice. and, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah and so that and so i was i uh, started you know got to that point just after a year where you're starting to feel like things are slipping through the cracks you know maybe some additional lead opportunities that I wasn't able to necessarily follow up with. So I'm passing them off to some of my colleagues in my uh, old office and um, thinking I need, I need to leverage. So I, uh, you know, started reading as much about team building, studying, listening to podcasts like this, mm -hmm. trying to understand what, what are the steps I need to do? I need to take to, um, to build a team and, 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 and grow and not just be running around like a chicken with my head cut off all the time in this thing. <laughs> so what was your first move? You read all this information. What was your first move as a solo agent that so helped you I, leap into the team world? Yeah, I had two things. I knew that um, I had read enough to know that hey, your, your first hire can often be 
your most important hire and somebody that's with you forever and, and might, you know, end up being someone running your business someday. So I didn't want to take that lightly. Um, at the same time, I needed a Band-Aid to, to help me um, on the back end because, frankly, when it came to, you know, the details, the transaction coordination and all of that, um, I was I didn't like it and I wasn't good at it. So I needed a, someone to fill that gap right away. So I started paying someone out of my office, um, you know, 250 bucks a file to just manage the transaction coordination process so I could focus on sales. And then when I had extra time, I started, I was, you know, writing a job description and thinking about, all right, you know, who's going to be my empire protector? What does that look like for, for me and in my business? And, um, and that was kind of, so that was the first thing was really hiring a part-time, you know, independent person. I didn't, you know, come out with a salary right away, but that took me into 2016. And in 2016 is when I, I hired my first person as uh, an employee and she's sitting in the office next to me. So <laughs> oh, very cool. And what is, yeah. uh, what was her role then? So she became, um, it, at first it was, you know, to kind of replace that, you know, to take the transaction coordination off my plate, but it quickly became, you know what, like there's enough for her to do where she can, we can keep working with this other guy on the transaction coordination and she could help me with the database and planning events and um, organizing my marketing, inputting listings, um, scheduling photos. And so that became really the leverage I needed to kind of break through step, you know, step, step to the next level. So, so she was more on the marketing and listing side. Exactly. exactly. Did she get her real estate license? She did not. She does she not. have it now? She does not have it now. Okay. So mm -hmm. she's an operations person. Exactly. Obviously a very good one or you wouldn't have kept her for uh, Yeah. Six no, years. she's she's great. She had a marketing this is Jeannie. She did marketing background. Uh, she was working with a software company and uh, you know managing their marketing and social media. So it, it seemed like a perfect fit. Okay. So now you've got a closing coordinator. You've got somebody who's working on your business for you. I know the two big time drains in our business, as you know, are closing coordination and showing homes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, did you, once you had a genie in place and you had this other, uh, is, is the other guy still with you? John, no, he's not. He's not. He's still, okay. uh, he, do, he does still do the transaction coordination, but we've, since then hired um, another <clears throat> transact another operations person she's now our operations um our business manager julie is her name and Got she uh, today oversees you know everything business downward focused business while Jeannie's focused on everything growth oriented that makes sense so you're still selling houses at that point right mm -hmm. Yep. Did you get anybody to help you help show homes for you? Or were you still doing that all yourself? I did. I had a, 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 a young guy who was a senior at John Carroll and um, he came in and started working with me and um, I had him, you know, showing some buyers and I had, I learned a great lesson. Um, you know, every once in a while, uh, a agent works with a buyer and a buyer that can just <clears throat> run you into the ground and just uh, make life miserable for you. Right. And you know, you've had those, oh, uh, you show 50, 60, 70 houses, and then they never buy anything. And, um, 
I told Terry, because I had already showed the guy probably 20 some houses and then handed them off to this other guy. Uh, and I feel terrible because I feel like this buyer ruined real estate for this guy. He's out of real estate because of this one client. <laughs> like he, he wow. came in, he was helping me out and, and he got run into the ground and the guy backed out of like two deals. It was just real shady how it all went. And um, anyway, he's, he's a financial planner now. So, <laughs> so what did you do beyond that? Yeah, I started, um, I think heading in 2017 is when I really started um, realizing I need, I need to add agents and um, need to find, you know, and, and surround myself with, with more tell more like-minded people. And, um, you know, started thinking more and more about like, all right, what does the right agent look like? And, 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 and how am I going to find these people? And what's a, a value proposition? I wasn't, I got into coaching. I had uh, probably, I've had probably four different coaches. I don't have a coach right now, but I had mm-hmm. probably four different coaches over about three years in that period. And just trying to learning about, you know, how are other teams um, managing this? Uh, you know, how are they recruiting? How are they, you know, building a value proposition and presenting that? I learned quickly that what I wanted to do, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to find all the answers in my own office. So you have to go out and, and find the information. There's no, no reason to try to, you know, recreate or build it from scratch there's teams across the country doing what I want to do. So I needed to find people who are willing to share that, whether, whether I had to pay for the information or, you know, build rapport and, and, you know, build a relationship with someone who's willing to share and, or, you know, again, everyone's sharing, um, you know, this type of education and training online through podcasts, videos, conferences. So I just started consuming as much as I possibly could. Um, and, and, you know, and again, coming across templates for job descriptions, templates for, you know, here's how to, how to share your value proposition, um, and how to build it and, you know, CRM and all. And, and so this really started diving into, you know, working, you know, on the business as much or more than in the business at that point. And were you, you were still actively selling homes then though, obviously, right. Cause you had yeah. mouths to feed. Yep, exactly. So did you ever hire, did you ever get someone to like help you with your business or were you just focused on the, the team in general and not worrying so much about you as an individual? Um, you mean like an assistant or? Like did you build around you or did you just, you were thinking about growing this team that was bigger than you or was it a combination of both? A uh, combination of both, combination of both. I mean, um, you know, I, I wanted to build up a world that was big enough for other people to build great businesses within it, you know, and, and it's almost like, you know, ties directly into being kind of service oriented, service driven. I want to help as many clients with their dreams and their goals, but I wanted to help as many agents build businesses and great things. And whether they come into the, under the team for, you know, a short term, and then I can help them launch their own team. Um, That's always been, you know, kind of my thought process. But um, yeah, yeah. So you've got 12 agents now. Um, obviously, you built, you worked through that. You got the structure in place. Um, did you add anybody, uh, any other key players, key roles, or did you pretty much just have your closing coordinator, your operations director, if you will, and then start adding agents from there? Or did you have any other like uh, administrative roles uh, on your team at that point? 
Yeah, no other administrative roles. We have um, a second part-time transaction coordinator just this year who's helping out actually some of the agents who are in my you know, EXP organization, but not necessarily on my team, were able to provide you know, transaction coordination services for some of them. Okay. Um, so she, so you know, Pam helps with that. And then um, another, uh, Jeannie's role has, has changed a bit over the years. Um, she's now spending um, just a little less than probably half her time in an inside sales role. So inside right. sales is something that I've struggled with over the last couple of years. I, I've known that I needed to, to build that out and that it would be really the foundation of my business and protecting my business is to, right. to be, protect those relationships. And um, age, I've learned that myself included, agents are always great at following up. You know, a, a lot of our agents that we've 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 seen, they, they have a, one or two conversations, and then they're those people can be lost and forgotten. So, well, that's, um, real yeah. estate agents, salespeople in general are typically looking for low hanging fruit. It takes it takes some real uh, practice to be able to compartmentalize and think about. What am I doing with these people that don't say yes now? Yes, exactly. So, so we're spending a lot more time and attention on um, just tracking, you know, appointments that she's setting and that I'm setting for our team. We're 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 tracking that. We're monitoring that. It's only been a so few months that we've been at it, right? And setting appointments for our team members is another value. So, <clears throat> looking back for agents that are trying to grow a team. Obviously, you've. I'm assuming everything didn't go perfectly. It sure hasn't for me. Looking back, is there anything in terms of team growth that you would do like differently? Is there anything that stands out and goes, "Oh man, I wish I would have. Someone would have told me this." Yeah, you know, it's interesting. A couple of things come to mind. One <clears throat> is, um, you know, I find <clears throat> I do a pretty good job when it comes to like hiring administrative talent. Like, I, I got an eye for that. I can tell you know, based on someone's track record and how they interview and, you know, talking to uh, their references, like, are they going to do a good job in this role or not? With salespeople to this day, it's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> you, you, you know, you think someone's going to be a rock star and until you throw them in the ring, like you just don't know what they're going to do. Right. So I've missed yeah. on that several times. One thing I've learned that I can control and that I've, I've, I, I did a poor job on and I'm, I'm starting to do a better job now is setting expectations. Um, when somebody joins the team, you know, these are the expectations. This is how we operate our team. This is, you know, um, how, you know, we're, we follow up with leads. These are the scripts. These are the expectations for, you know, what, for the first, you know, a couple of months, like we need you to be in the office so you can, you can learn and shadow and, especially if it's a new agent. Um, obviously, if it's, you know, a seasoned agent, you, you get an idea of what they can produce. But um, as setting expectations for any, any team member, I think is really important. Um, you know, get that right from the beginning. So there's no surprises. I agree with you. Um, one thing uh, you've mentioned to me over time, and I'd like to talk about it now, you've got two tiers to your team. Explain, explain what... Uh, I don't even quite understand it, but you say you've sure. got your main team and then you've got your outside team. T tell us what all this means. Yeah, so we um, we structure our, our our commission splits based on the um, the source of the lead. So we've got agent generated leads, 
and then we've got team gen team generated leads like an and, office lead yeah yeah and so um with that said we have these two two groups of agents we have our um our team lead or sorry our lead team agents mm -hmm. and we have outside sales agents our lead team agents are those who are they're a little bit more engaged there's a little bit different expectations there's more check-ins a little bit more accountability you know so regular that's your group. family that's your your family yeah, team. it's our core group we see more of them and they're and so and we're setting appointments for them they're on lead flow they're getting signed calls they're getting you know we're on our zillow flex program they're on all these things and um and so that's really the kind of a core group but we also have outside sales agents who they're a part of our team they're they're also you know like family but they're more focused on generating their own business and you know they're not they're not leaning on the team for sourcing business they we have a different kind of value proposition for those folks and um they're just a little bit more autonomous so yeah so they right yeah. so these agents they just want to be given some business is that really the main reason for them being there the or ones do they also like sales yeah, the outside sales agent they're they're here because you know things like um office space training Okay, okay. Um, they can use our marketing materials, you know, we cover their expenses, we pay for, you know, listing photography, we handle the listing input, we do their social media ads. Um, we allow them to, you know, put their own names on a rider on the sign and it's, we've got signs for uh, our lead team that have my picture on them, for example. And then we've got other signs that don't have my photo on them, those agents can just if it's something they generated, they're welcome to just put their name on the sign and, you know, again, build their um, recognition and credibility in their community. So um, that's part of it. And then, you know, we've got a, you guys have a moving truck. We've got that. They're all welcome to that. We do client events, all those outside sales agents, they're welcome to, you know, invite their, their database to that. So um, yeah. Anything you want to add that you would want to tell an agent who's starting a team? Is there anything we should know that, that off the top of your head?
easier to have a team here? Um, it has. Yeah. I mean, just to have the, uh, you know, the, the flexibility to, um, you know, build things the way we want to and um, to grow out, you know, outside of our state. I've got, um, you know, I consider uh, a lot of folks who have joined EXP, it, um, they're a like part of my team. They're not on my team necessarily, but we've got collaboration that extends beyond just my, you know, small sugar and area sales team. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah. That's I like that thing. part too. I mean, mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've got friends and agents that have joined DXP because of me in uh, Florida and North Carolina and New Jersey and in Pennsylvania and in mm -hmm. Canada. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that part. And it opens my head up. It's very easy as a real estate agent when we're just thinking constantly about selling homes and making sure our team's okay. It's nice. I, I find... I find meeting these people out of state in other areas that are willing to tell me what they're doing and how they're doing it. And they're all, you know, they're all looking to grow this organization. And may, even if they're not looking to grow it, they're looking to be part of the growth and they want, they want to be the, the nice person. They, they're not looking at, they don't want to be the one rude EXP agent that doesn't want to help others. Everybody's in that. Yeah. you know, in that mode right now, it seems. Right. Right. Well, listen, man, um, is your, does your team there, are they enjoying being here? I mean, obviously most of them have been, only been here. Yeah, right? they do. They love it though. And it's you're finding cool. the support. I mean, obviously I already know the answer cause I'm here, but I mean the, the, the broker support, the administrative support is amazing and very easy to, uh, yeah easy to get you know it's very easy to access a broker or an accounting person or a mm -hmm. onboarding support it's it's for me it's much easier than than any other platform that's out there yeah. from what i've heard no it's been night and day for me in comparison to my last experience i mean i get you know quick responses and you know a lot of if i've got questions whether it's you know an issue on a deal or questions about team structure and, you know, marketing and, and branding and rules in Ohio and that, I mean, I, I, I'm in regular contact with our, our broker team and they're fantastic. Broker so. team is amazing. And they're so agent centric. I, I'm a cynical person. I've said it on other episodes of this podcast. Um, I haven't been let down one time. I mean, Sarah Ford, uh, the, you know, the, the administrative staff, it's like they're completely focused on the same goal, which is having a big, happy company and everyone enjoying themselves. Right. And they 100%. take their job very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. Talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, they've drunk they're they've drank the, the agent support Kool-Aid. They never right. you never catch them off guard. Yeah. I even I've said it to it's like you're always nice. What's going on? <laughs> anyway, listen, man. Uh this has been great. You've, you've offered a lot of good information. I hope everyone listens to this a couple of times, especially if they're thinking about joining a team um, or starting a team rather, you know, M Michael's given us a lot of like real direction on the way you should be thinking. Um, so anyway, thanks, Michael. I appreciate you coming on here and we'll see you next time. We'll continue getting the best of the best on this podcast. Sounds good. Will. thanks so much. We'll be in touch. I'm sure. Great. Thanks. All right. Take care.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Building Stronger Agents podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review and share our podcast with your friends.